and welcome to another episode of In the Woods with Dogs. This is, I don't really have much of an intro for this one, but this is part two of that episode I did with Amber, Savannah, and Jamie up at the farm a couple weeks ago. I think that was episode eight. Um, So this will wrap that up. This is the last hour of that conversation. Enjoy. coming to you from a forest-free background, thinking I was coming to you as a forest-free trainer. <laughs> and it should be noted that that is not normal. No. It was just, like, that, I wasn't, like, trying to, like, shock people into, like, no, I just happened- sucker you in. I'm a forest-free trainer. No. Boom, prongs and e-collars. Psych, bitch. <laughs> no. Psych, you gotta get used to this. I'm gonna beat the shit out of your dog. No, the timing of it worked out for me where, like, I'd followed you for probably almost a year, at least six months. Um, the you barking were... you're hearing is just Oscar barking at pigeons. It's okay. Like, it's not my dog, so I don't nope. care. It's Oscar. Um, He's back. This is him just saying, hello, pigeons, I'm back. Um, so I'd followed you on social media for six months to a year-ish before, like, I had a job change and... Um, like he has a really nice bark and hold he does for an english setter (laughs) Um, it's just towards pigeons but and you shouldn't bark at birds anyways ideally not okay um but when i was like used to work so it just wasn't like physically possible for me to work with you because like scheduling wise and i was working like further into wisconsin changed jobs was working in the cities and at that point was looking for a new trainer because force free just wasn't giving me the results I needed, mm-hmm. but following your social media and you worked with a lot of reactive dogs, mm-hmm. um, and like looking through and talking to like different force free or, um, reactive dog classes in the cities, we just didn't fit mm-hmm. the mold to be successful in those classes. Right. Or schedule didn't work out or things like that. So, um, finally was able to set something up with you and then I get there, and I was like, oh, this isn't anything of what it looks like Which on is funny, media. like, when you finally told me that, <laughs> that, like, a couple months ago, so, like, over a year into knowing me, I was surprised by that, because I remember you saying you were, you wanted something different, that you, like, the force, you had been force-free, and you are not opposed to force-free, but you just hadn't been getting what you, but you're, you needed. Like, you were still, like, you were using leash pressure and you were using slip leads and just Mm -hmm. the way that you were presenting it like your training style with reactive dogs was very different than like the force-free way that I had been working with him so yours was like balanced light but no tools and that's what I was like looking for because I didn't want to just stick a prong or e-collar or anything on him um now looking back at it and I was like what if I met Hannah how she is today, when I first got Archer at almost two, where would we be now? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can't go back in time, but, like, no. I just, like, look at him and see the progress that he's made and go, damn. Like, right. missed opportunity right there of... Well, but I also just think that, like, I was just talking with Hannah, another client who was in the first episode of this podcast... Where we were at group training and Jada has her dog Frankie and I and Hannah Hannah said, How long have you had him? And Jada said, A year. 
And at the exact same time, I said, that's not a long time. And Hannah said, that's a long time. And I, we looked at each other like, <laughs> where, what? You just, we opposite. And we had this conversation of how like a year in owning a dog is really not a long time. And I am thinking I have this theory now that it takes you three years to get on the same page as a dog. Yeah. Hmm. Like, age definitely, like, from baby to three years old. Like, the dog being three years old, there's maturity Mm -hmm. that happens there. But I think Mm -hmm. that that same rule of three, and there's just a rule of three in general with dogs, like, Mm -hmm. three weeks to settle into a routine, three months to feel at home, three years, we're here. Yeah. And... I think regardless of how old the dog is, when it comes into your life, it takes you three years to get on the same page. Yeah. I just think because I got him in the middle of his adolescence, and mm-hmm. he'd already had, like, I mean, I'm his third home. He's got two confirmed bites on his record. Like, right. I got him for severe, like, because of severe right. behavioral issues. So, like... Had I gotten him with all of that in the middle of adolescence, but started with the training techniques that we use now on him. Yeah. I think if you would have had the right perspective, like, because I think the biggest thing that happened with all three of you was me coming in and giving you the right perspective. Yeah. And, like, especially with Archer. And I think with you, we had that conversation with your your prior dog, Ghost. That gave you the right sp- headspace for yep. for Bubba, but we would have had it about Bubba if it was it, if Ghost never did. happened. Yep. yep. And with Flora, same. Like we call her fake reactive, <laughs> right? Like this idea that reactivity is not like this unheard of, mm-hmm. bizarre, out of nowhere behavior. It's like no, it's fucking normal. Yeah. And with Ghost and Bubba and Archer. The, like, the, their, the aggression that they show is not bizarre to me. Yeah. Because of the experience with the dogs that I own. Of, like, I own dogs that are stable and aggressive. And most people, like, if you're coming from the world of all dogs are pet dogs, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I would say Savannah came from the idea of, like, all dogs are pet dogs, Mm -hmm. right? Or you guys, you, Amber and Jamie, are like, well, dogs are either pet dogs or they're sport dogs, or they're pet dogs or working dogs, but, like, what the fuck is a working dog, right? Like, unless you actually live with it, what the fuck is a working dog? Mm -hmm. I I just think that's really funny, too, when people, like, categorize dogs like that, because I'm like, Mm -hmm. you don't even know working dogs. But... Okay, so pet or sport. So, like, with Archer, you were like, well, I'm a vet, so I see plenty of, of pet dogs. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't fit into that mold. Mm-hmm. And I've seen sport dogs because my niche is rehab and conditioning. So I've seen sport dogs, and he doesn't even fit into that. So what the fuck is the dog that I have? <laughs> and then to meet me and be like, you know, if I was going to compare Archer to any single dog that I own in my plethora of examples... You can let her go. She can just be. I don't want her to lick all the taxidermy. She can lick whatever she wants. <laughs> okay. She's just, she'll just hang out. She'll just lay down. She'll check all the taxidermy out and then she'll lay down. She was growling at deer bones. But that's what I, like, that's why I said she should hate deer. She's going to attract deer. She should really, really want to bite them. All right. That's really fun for her. All right. Well, if anyone hears her freaking out, it's over the. It's because there's 
a million dead animals in this room and they're all staring at her. Good vibes. <laughs> um, so if I, I said with Archer, if I was going to compare him to any of the dogs that I own, I would compare him more to Bauer than I would to any of my pet dogs. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about like, well, what is Bauer? Like it's a, it's a separate category. He's not a sport dog. He's not a pet dog. He's not a working dog. He's a hunting dog. And that's, I think, when you had the biggest, like, holy shit. And your brain opened yeah. up to, like, my dog is actually kind of fucking normal. Like, this is, like, well, yep. this isn't that unrealistic that my dog is going to be like this. Mm-hmm. Well, and what was, like, the trainer that I worked with prior, she's a phenomenal pet dog trainer. Mm-hmm. And she does agility and confirmation. But she's got nice... What kind of dogs does she have again? Flat coats. Yeah. Like, she's just got nice, well-behaved dogs who don't, like, mm-hmm. they're just good dogs mm-hmm. by nature. Mm-hmm. And she works, like, she does work with aggressive dogs, but just not the same type. More of the, like, like fake reactivity or yep. things like that. Not truly mm-hmm. potentially dangerous dogs. Sign so um, on. Fake reactivity. Yeah. The term just, fake reactivity is a dog that is not going to be reactive for their entire lives. Yeah. Like, if I say to somebody, your dog is fake reactive, it's like, because that, that's because your dog is one, years, one year old, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they just have not experienced enough life yet. Yeah. And they're just, like, in their feelings. They're, like, essentially an 18-year-old human, and we all know what it felt like to be 18. Mm-hmm. Or, like, sometimes I get clients that have teenage children, and I'm like, you know what it's like to parent your children, right? Okay, you're dealing with that in dog form. Where, like, one day they come out of their room and they're just, like, on edge. Ma'am, you cannot eat your amounts, though. So, like, for real, you can't like that. Flora! Hey! Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Flora! Hi! Okay, don't eat your amounts, though, okay? She hasn't even noticed the pheasants in the coffee table. Um, so... Fake reactivity is, like, your dog is an adolescent. They haven't had enough information yet. You didn't know that you needed to prepare for this because in your brain, all dogs just are miraculously great. And that's fine. That's, you don't know until you know. But this dog isn't going to be a problem for the rest of its life. That's why I call Flora (laughs) fake reactive because, like, she's young. She's just, like, a little bit bitchy. Like, she's just got, like, a little bit of, like, bitchiness to her. And she just does whatever the fuck she wants. And then you, Savannah, are so sweet, and you're like, oh, my God, I love Flora. Flora's amazing. And you do everything for her, and Flora's just like, yeah, bitch, do what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I will. <laughs> and so you Love get me. fake reactivity <laughs> of, like, the dog is not really reactive. Like, no. you know, they're not really aggressive. They're not really going to cause a problem. You just need to, okay, now you are licking taxidermy. <laughs> I told you. Get out of there. <laughs> hey! hey stop being bad okay so it's it's a dog that's not going to like you don't have something like technically wrong with you you know you don't need to be on drugs you don't need severe behavior Mm -hmm. modification you just need a little bit more handler confidence on your owner side of the leash a couple more pieces of communication added in there that you didn't know you could do and you just need to grow up like, that trifecta of, like, handler confidence, 
handler skills, maturity, and the dog will be fine. So that's fake reactivity. But there are dogs that it's like, no, they really are aggressive. They really will put teeth on dogs, will put teeth on people. And that's where Archer fell. But at the same time, there's, even in that, there's a split of like, okay, that dog is fucked up in the head. And that dog is like a little fucked up, but it's okay. Right? Like, he's stable. He knows what he's doing. He's fully present in all of those moments. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've met some dogs where it's... (laughs) Like, I love it, but stop. (laughs) Laura! What's up, bitch? There's dogs where you you spend time with them. Like, Finn and Roxy, for example, both came from the situation of... They were going to be put down because they bit people. Mm -hmm. Finn was fucked up. Like, I had Finn for two years, and he was just a dog that you could just tell there were pieces, significant pieces missing out of his brain. And no matter what you did, training-wise, you couldn't make an impact because he just had pieces missing from his brain. Mm -hmm. I regret telling you. You could just let her go. (laughs) You were right. I shouldn't have. Okay, I'm so glad we got that recorded. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... To be fair, she's in a she's a uh, very animal oriented dog in a room full of things that smell like animals. Yeah, well, I mean she's not wrong. So there's that. There's like you're seriously fucked up in the head, and then mm-hmm. there's dogs. It's like no, you're stable. You just have a low threshold for aggression, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. where Archer is. Yeah, where it's like. No, he is a very present yeah. in what mm-hmm. he's doing. He's yeah. just mm-hmm. aggressive. But before I came to you, I like it was the he's fearful. It's all be, like fear based, and like I think fear based as a phrase is like a trigger for me. I'm aware, yeah. but <laughs> the general public knows yes. what that means. Yep. So, but like that's what I was told. And when I first got him with like his history and his past, um, I do think some of it was fear related. Um, like he did have some fears, but swap fear with insecurity or Mm -hmm. insecurity. Um, there's a difference between being afraid of something and being uncertain and the, the stress that comes along with being unsure of how to handle something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like some of the aggression initially was based in that. Then we worked through that and he's just an asshole. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but working with my first trainer, like my goals were like, when I, I didn't intend to get Archer by any means. I was right. like talked into, if you don't take him, he's going to be euthanized. Right. Um, I was talked into taking him by another staff member at the clinic I worked at. Um, and so like previous me who was like, you know, when I was thinking about getting a dog, I wanted a hiking buddy, a camping buddy, somebody yep. that I, like a buddy that I could just take anywhere was up for anything. I could, I think that's everybody in all the dog sports. Yes. Yeah. That's everybody's picture in their head of what a yeah. dog should be, which is valid. Mm-hmm. It is. Right. And that's what, like, working with my first trainer, like, told her those goals. And she was like, yes, we can make that happen. Right. Um, and you were the big perspective of, no, we can't. We can't do that. <laughs> but, but it's I, okay. We can still live a super great life with this Yeah. Yep. And, like, I mean, he's got, like, taken me in a totally different part of the dog world <clears throat> than I ever thought I would yep. want to be in. And actually enjoy it more than I think had I gotten a buddy and yep. done the camping and the agility and tried yep. all the things. 
Because um, he still goes camping and hiking, but, like, yep. mm -hmm. he's got me to cooler places in the dog world than yep. I thought. Well, that's the thing. I, I think dogs in. that have shit like this make you more of a dog person yep. than the dogs that don't. Because, to me, that's more natural for a dog to be like that. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. those dogs are closer to f feral. You know, like, I'll just take matters into my own hands. Fuck you, I'll bite you. You yeah. know, like, I have zero issues. I'll run right up and fucking kill you if I want to. Mm -hmm. Like, those are dogs, and we have this, like, and I get it. Like, the direction that we're headed with dogs and the lifestyle that people live with their dogs, it is less warranted to be that way. Right. We don't need you to be like that. No. But there are breeds where they're like, fuck yeah, I fucking love fighting. Thank mm -hmm. you for bringing mm -hmm. this fight to my attention. I'm so happy to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece that, until I got into the dogs that I'm into now, I didn't, I couldn't conceptualize that either. And so I think a lot of people who have dogs that are like, I would rather die than fight you. Mm -hmm. And then they do hit that aggression. It, it, I do think that there are dogs that it's like, I'm so fucking scared right now. I'm going to fucking bite you. You know? And it's like bitchy. It's mm -hmm. like, not even yeah. bitchy. It's just like, I'm a fucking pussy and I'll, I'll you know, it's like, I can tell. And those are the dogs that when I meet them, I'm like, dude, I could f totally fucking take you in a fight. Mm -hmm. Like, we're, you are so not confident. Yeah. And that's a different thing than the dogs that I prefer to work with where they look right at you like, I could fucking kill you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I go, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We're going to find a place where we can agree on things because yeah. I know you could fucking kill me. Like, Bubba. Well, Bubba, like, I am unrealistically scared of Bubba, which is shocking, because I don't normally get scared of dogs. It's funny, because has he ever gone after you? Never! Which, he's gone after me, because, like, I've had to do things You're to his him. Bet. Yeah, I'm his yeah. Bet. And I'm less scared of Bubba than... Well, you, yeah, but I trust Jamie, so that's well, yeah. the thing. Like, I know that Jamie would know exactly what to yeah. do if Bubba turned around and tried to come at me, where I'm more, like, I... He's just a big dog. Yeah. He's a big dog. And I just have a thing with bully breeds. As much as I love them, I have a healthy-ass yep. respect for those dogs. It's healthy they, to have that respect. Yeah. If they want to go, they're going to fucking go. And yeah. I'm like, mm, I'm not ready for it. I can't. Like, yep. I know that the, the way that they fight is just stronger, and mm -hmm. they they can hold on longer than most dogs. And they just go harder. And they yeah. don't care if you hit them. Nope. And they don't care if you scream. And that's and they the... Don't, no. You know. And that's the thing. Like... If you have not experienced a dog that just looks at you like, mm, I feel like biting you. Mm -hmm. I just don't like you. Looks you right in the eyes. And you're like, <laughs> oh shit, what the fuck? Okay. Like, there are dogs out there. Or like Kamikaze when she was reactive at three and a half months old. And I was like, I fucking ruined her. And I, I got the perspective of like, no, you just have a really cunty ass dog. <laughs> and she at three and a half months old was like, I'll fucking bite you, bitch! Like, she just, like, she felt that, that, like, rush of adrenaline of, like, I don't feel 100% certain in this situation. And instead of running away, like a lab puppy would at three and a half months old, she's like, I don't know why, but I feel like I want to fucking kill you. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go. Yeah. And even now, like, she, she's almost four. She'll be four in a couple of days. And she can pass as a neutral dog, right? But that's all maturity and training and just experience in life and she's mm -hmm. a stable dog mentally but that's what people don't understand about aggression is that it can be hand in hand with stability mm -hmm. yeah but there are dogs in the world that like fighting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and I compare them to me. Where it's like, I, sometimes I sit around and I'm like, man, I'm bored. I wish someone would disagree with me. <laughs> and it's like, I could go for a hefty debate right now. And I can, and I am stable enough mentally that I can disagree with a concept. You know, this has come up in our group chat before where mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm just ragging on people. And people are like, hey, so I'm kind of scared of you now. <laughs> and I go, hey, listen, I love the fuck out of you. I respect you. The things you're saying right now are stupid, mm-hmm. but I don't hold it against you. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting the concept, and I'm not fighting you. Yeah. Not a lot of people can do that, especially not in Minnesota. Well, true. And so we can't wrap like her. Gritty yeah. dogs. Yes. I call them gritty, not yeah. gritty. But I like dogs with a little grit because I don't like having those types of debates with friends. Um, but, like, at work, there are days where I'm just like, has anyone got a, like, rude client? Does anyone be mean to anybody? I'd like to, like, just go and, like... Well, even if it's not, him. like, a fight. Like, when I worked yeah. in customer service and I was a supervisor, there were times where I would step in to de-escalate a mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And just that moment of being, like, I am con- in control uh-huh. enough to calm you the fuck down. And, and everybody yeah, else was too. scared of you. Yeah. But I walked up here and I fucking owned this but yeah. you walked away thinking like wow she was really nice yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. anytime I get to like flex my communication skills mm-hmm. I'm stoked one of my favorite things is to tell like the entitled needy clients at work is no yeah and just be unmovable in that yeah just no yeah we're not gonna do that but so there's yes and I'm the same way and that's how I am with puppy. Like, when I bring puppies out in public and people are like, oh, my God, can I pay your puppy? And I go, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I get to, like, it's just a fun little social experiment uh-huh. where I get to, like, stand my ground for, like, Boundaries. I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I get to just be like, boom, bitch. Uh-huh. And they're like, huh. And I go, yeah, you got to deal with that now. Look at me. I'm super fucking confident. But most people are not confident in conflict. Mm-hmm. Conflict can ruin their, like, week. You know, like, there are people that really cannot handle that. Mm-hmm. I can shoulder that. Mm-hmm. I'm st- I can walk away from conflict and be like, we're good. I feel good. I feel great. Mm-hmm. Do we, like, do we need to have a, con- you know, a sub-conversation where I come back and I go, hey, listen, we're still buddies, right? Like, I was just fighting with you for fun. But we're good. And, you know, I've, I've, I'm an adult, so I can, like, have debates with people, and I think, for the most part, people know. And I know when to... You know, I know when to pull punches with mm-hmm. people. But there are dogs that are like that, where they're mm-hmm. like, I have a low threshold for aggression, meaning I have no problem being in conflict. Or it's it, meaning I have the like, low threshold for aggression is like my trigger is really thin. Mm-hmm. I can flip at a, at a moment's notice. But I'm not worried about being in that state mm-hmm. of mind. I don't get upset and go, this is foreign. This is, I don't want to be here. There are dogs that step into that state of mind and they're like, I am me. Mm -hmm. I am the most me that I'll ever be in this state of mind. I am stoked to be here. And a lot of times it's like your herders, your terriers, whatever, your working breeds, Mm -hmm. that, that aggression has a function, right? Like if you think of a cattle dog. That aggression has a function in that dog's life. And when we look at the dogs that are are confident squaring up to a dog or an animal that is four or more times as big as them, ten times as big as them, 
and that cow's looking down at them and they're looking up at the cow and they're like, I fucking dare you to move. Like, let me just grab your ear, please. And you take that dog, you put them on a leash and they have no cows and another dog walks by. They're like, oh, I would love to fucking fight you. Oh my God. Please let me fucking fight something. I need to feel alive. It's like that TikTok trend right now that's like, Harry, will you give me some? I don't know what the sound is from, but it's like, Harry, will you give me something to be pissed off about? And then they say something like, that'll fucking do it. Like, that's, that is so many dogs. And we miss that whole concept because we still have this image in our head of like dogs should be unmoved by everything around them. It's yep. like, you fucking nutsos. We took dogs from wild animals where that conflict like you could watch those same people could watch a video of of wolves having a conversation over a carcass and be like wow look at all that communication yep and it's like but my dog shouldn't ever do that yep yeah we expect more of our dogs than we do of ourselves yeah i think and it's yeah so it's there are dogs that it's like your dogs aren't reactive because they're freaked out Mm -hmm. They're just like, God, I want to feel alive. Let me just yell swear words at all these things around me. And you just have to be like, hey, listen, buddy, we're not going to do that here. Yeah. Well, and I think that that, that I kind of finally wrapped my head around after all this time that that's kind of where Ghost was. Yes. That he wanted conflict and to fight so badly. I had him in the back of my head, but I didn't know know if you were going to go there. No, I I am going (laughs) to go there. But that, I mean, that's why he wanted to kill everything in my house. Yeah. I mean, he literally wanted to fight everything. Yep. People, cats, dogs, everything. Yep. Like, at the wrong glance. Like, one wrong look, and he was ready to fight. Please let me fix this. He was not unstable. Nope. He was very happy in that conflict, yep. and he wanted to just go. Yep. And I think that that, as unfortunate as that whole situation was, yep. and I will preach to anybody who listens not to get a dog like that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to be a pet or yep. a sport dog. Dogos yep. are not no. sport dogs. They're no. not pet dogs. And I didn't really understand that until right. I was in that position. Well, that's like, I mean, we had conversations about him where yep. where I was like, he's not wrong. Right. You know, I'll go with you with whatever you decide, but he's not wrong. Right. You just weren't ready for it. Right. And it's hard. Those dogs, they don't show it right away. Like, you get yep. a dog at eight weeks old, and they don't show that right away because they need right. to come into that for a while. But when they do, you're like, holy fucking shit. And that's yep. where you make the decision, who am I? Yep. Who am I as an owner? And like you went and you worked with Stefan a couple times with him, and yep. and I told you like Stefan's gonna be hit, gonna have expectations for that dog, but that's what you need for a dog like that. Yep. And at the end of the day, it just got to a point where you're like, you know, we've exhausted all of our options. This isn't the right place for this yep. dog, and that you know whatever. But there, that's the thing that people don't realize is like that aggression has a place in certain breeds. Yep. You take it out of that context, you're still going to see it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter how much enrichment, nope. obedience, mm-hmm. exercise. We even did try. That's why I started tracking. Because yep. I had a dog that needed to do something real. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a great tracking dog. Mm-hmm. But all of those things, from the day I brought him home, he had all of those things that are supposed to work. Yep. You know, I'm not a novice dog owner. Nope. 
And he still, when people in my house became unsafe, yep. and it became unsafe for people to live there yes. <laughs> with this dog, like that was, that was right. it. That was right. the end. And, but to segue, I think that that set me up to be in such a good position for Bubba. Yes. Because Bubba has those natural, mm-hmm. that natural drive yep. and that aggression. He's comfortable in aggression, yep. but he also has some of that insecurity because yep. of the socialization that was missing right. and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, and There's just being a like a mixed breed and, and that young, like... And he's, you know, yeah. whatever. He's got That's a lot the thing. Like, I think people don't have enough experience with dogs before they start throwing labels on dogs. And when you've been in a situation, like when you understand how other areas of the dog world works, Mm -hmm. the people who aren't super active on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and how they talk about dogs. Um, and you, you start realizing that there are people who put dogs together in a certain way Mm -hmm. for certain traits. Mm -hmm. That's when it starts to make sense. You're like, Oh shit, I understand why that trait in particular is valuable to somebody who does this with that dog. Mm -hmm. And when you've never seen that before, you start getting a dog and you're like, I'm used to, you know, your stereotypical, your lab, your golden, that kind of ideal pet dog deal. And you're like, Anything outside of that must be wrong. Yeah. Right. And it's like, right. no. No, it's not wrong. There yeah. are people who need that. Like, mm-hmm. like Bauer, there's nothing about Bauer that is lacking. Right. Mm-hmm. There is. There are people who meet him who have experience with that breed, and they're like, fuck, we wish that dog had balls because we'd like to breed to that dog. Yep. <laughs> because that is a good-ass dog. But a pet person, like, I got a question on my anonymous on Instagram once that was like, how come you don't stop Bauer from freaking out about the garage doors? Mm Because he, like, hates garage doors. And, like, for Bauer, that is a mild reaction. (laughs) But also for what? Right. I mean, why? Why put the energy into that? Right. But it's, like, it's not a, it's a totally valid question because, Mm -hmm. especially when they came back and I asked them to elaborate because I had a feeling, but I just wanted to give them space to like say more things. So I came back and they elaborated again anonymously and they were like, well, most people seem like they keep their dog's arousal kind of in check. And I go, try keeping this dog's arousal in check. You even like look at Bauer funny and he thinks you're going to like fucking wrestle in a playful way. Make a weird noise. You make a weird, you could go and he and you're like, what the fuck, Bar? Why are you pissed at that? I don't know. I don't like it. But it just like his threshold is so low, but he's supposed to be that way. You know, like he's there's supposed to be game. Mm-hmm. There's supposed to just be like gung ho, whatever. I'll take it. And when you haven't had that experience outside of those dogs, you see that and you're like, that's dangerous. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Because in a lab, that kind yep. of arousal would be yep. inappropriate. Yep. Mm-hmm. In a golden or whatever, if we saw that level of aggression along with their possession, that would be dangerous. Yep. That would be abnormal. But in this dog, it's not. Right. And this is actually mild. Bauer being like, ha, buh, buh. Is so different. It's literally what he sounds like. Too. Yes. <laughs> it's so different than when he actually just, like, looks at a dog and goes, I'm going to hang from your neck. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's there's so, there's, and, or when he goes after the pigeon coop. And I, like, I do not exist when he, like, once mm-hmm. he gets into that headspace, I don't exist. And so, to me, it's not a big deal if you're going after the garage door. You're not going to die. Yep. 
this is actually pretty mild for you. Well, it's like Bubba going after the the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. I don't, that's funny to me. That right. That he wants to kill the vacuum cleaner. I'm like, that's fine. Yes. What's funny <laughs> about that is. You're trying to kill people. Right, In my right. house. You can fuck shit up all you want, <laughs> no. as long as it's not a human or another dog. It was fine at my house until Archer won't let me, like, put the vacuum on the floor. Yes. And yeah. then we had to stop that <laughs> right. behavior because I'm like, I actually do have to vacuum. Right. Right. You can't. Pull right. It all over. Yeah. Well, the vacuum can't exist vacuum. in the same space. And this is this isn't to rag on his former owners, but just to show like an example of how certain people or like majority of people, I would say, have a, a skewed view of like what is a what is normal for a dog. So Bauer will chase brooms, will chase vacuums, mm-hmm. whatever, and he's much better now because I've I've worked through that with him because it's not acceptable. I need to fucking vacuum, mm-hmm. and if you're gonna be out, you got a deal. Mm-hmm. But I remember one time we had like a little reunion after a couple of months of me owning him and because they have kids and so they wanted the kids to come see and see Bauer and play with them. And somehow the vacuum thing and the broom thing came up and they're like, well, do you think he was like abused with a vacuum? (laughs) And I was like, hold on. How? (laughs) How? (laughs) But like, that's the, that's the, that's the extent of what they can fathom Mm -hmm. right like most people can't fathom that a dog would want to kill something right and i get to be a reason yes outside of just it's fun you were 100 sweet and neutral and wonderful and baby and small and then something bad happened to you and now you want to kill vacuums it's like no he just wants to kill shit in general (laughs) and there's nothing else around besides this vacuum and that Mm -hmm. vacuum looked at him funny and he's going to kill it. So, I don't know why we're on this tangent. I have to pee again. We're reaching the threshold of Hannah's head too yeah. many seltzers, and now she's just yelling about things. But that's where that's where it all comes back to that control and the yes. IGP, he- mm-hmm. IGP healing and all of those things. Because we have dogs that yes. want to kill things. Yeah. Yep. And we need to control them. Mm-hmm. And having that drive to be with yep. us by us mm-hmm. and controlled i mean we're all none of us are big strong men right with these big strong dogs right we're physically i couldn't control baba no without tools and without training right, right. and so it all i think it all comes back to that and your confidence to be able to handle a dog yep. like that mm-hmm. yep yeah it rests on the the communication and the mm-hmm. training for sure yeah. um and i think it's it says a lot too that it's not like uh, these dogs are like being told what to do with these tools and then they, you know, get, they get them taken off and they don't want anything to do with us. Right. right. Like it has strengthened my bond with Flora. I think it's strengthened yep. our bonds with all of our dogs because there's mm-hmm. a clear communication. They and know that, what we're asking yeah, and they yep. get to do cooler stuff. Like okay. I get to take Flora out to so many other places. Like we were talking right. earlier, like when I was force free and just putting her on a harness, like I couldn't take her to a brewery. I couldn't yep. take her, mm-hmm. like, on a hike because I was so worried about other dogs being around. Right, yeah. But now she gets to go to, like, pet stores and pick out her own treats and, like, right. things, mm-hmm. just, like, things that I never thought would be a possibility for us but are and, like, improve her quality of life. Yeah. Right. Because she's able to, like, have a prong on and be like, oh, shit, like, I need to pay attention and, like, focus. Yep. And, I too, for me, like, taking the emotional piece out of it mm-hmm. and by using tools, like... It's amazing how just, like, removing my emotions from how mm-hmm. I handle him transferred to 
when we make a scene, I used to get like super embarrassed and like mm -hmm. worry about how we looked to like, we do what we need to do to get yep. through this moment. And I, you know, I exactly. still have the like, people look at me funny and I'm just like, meh, come on, don't be a dick. Yep. Let's go. Right. Yep. And like carry on. And like, I know I've like, like walked past people and they're just like, oh my goodness. But it's like, it is what it is. It, and, right. and like, you can walk away and go, okay, nobody got bit. Yeah, this nope. was a good time. <laughs> Nobody got this. this was a success. Like, the like explosion lasted for like thirty seconds, and now we're fine again. Yes, and you can walk away while and, people stare, and, and but it's fine. I don't know those people, so I no longer care. <laughs> like it used to like affect me so much yep. when, and it's probably because because there was no way for me to like control that mm -hmm. or like get him back to a point where he and could like bring it back down. yeah de-escalate yep. and go back yep. under threshold um that yeah now the emotional piece of mm -hmm. like is he a dog that should go to pet smart no <laughs> is he a dog where in the winter i'm bored and i'm like let's go somewhere and i take him to pet smart no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we do every now. I missed part of that because I was gone for no. a second, but we do every now and again just to like, I don't know, spice things up. Spice things up. <laughs> right. and, you know, a little danger. <laughs> right. Well, I'm like, I'm not like dumb about it. I don't right, walk right. him down like the dog aisles, but right. I'm like, hey, we're out and about and running errands, and like, we can deal. Like, yep. we can deal, and we can go through. Uh, Say hi to the fish. Yeah, go ahead <laughs> yeah, to the fish right. and like try to catch a guinea pig. Um. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys already mentioned this, but I just think that, like, the perspective of my dog is not abnormal yep. changes how you handle those situations from the social pressure yeah. aspect of, like, at a certain point, you you look around, like, your dog's throwing a fit, and you're just sitting there like, nope, we're handling this, and you look around, and you're like, you just don't understand. Instead yep. of being like, I'm wrong! Yeah. Everybody yeah. is staring at me! You're just like, you just don't get it. Yep. And that's yeah. okay. And all of a sudden, your eyes start opening of, like, there's no reason why that person would understand that. Right. Because, like, yeah. thank God they've had an experience where they haven't had to deal with a dog like this. Like, yep. I envy you that you've only had nice dogs your whole life. Mm -hmm. And you still see dogs through that lens. Mm -hmm. Like, or, good for fucking you. Or on the inverse, since having a fake reactive dog, I notice <laughs> how many more people have dogs that are having big feelings. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, yeah. on the street, I'm like... There are a lot of people that are actively managing their dogs all the time. Yes, right? like, that's true. Whether they're like, you know, they have their little treat pouches or like they're crossing the street. And I'm like, wow, there are more people going through this than yes. I ever mm -hmm. even thought. That is a huge thing that I talk about a lot with reactivity too is like, why are people still talking about reactivity like it's this shocking thing it's like literally 95 percent of my client base mm -hmm. is dealing with reactivity so obviously it's within the realm of normal for dog behavior right. i wish someone would have made me feel like it was normal i have a memory of like when we were doing our basic obedience class and flora was starting to have like a really hard time around other dogs and she was like being disruptive and i was like they're gonna kick us out and, like, they asked us to step out at one point, and, like, I took her outside, and I started crying, because I was, like, there's something wrong with my dog, and, like, yeah. this is not going well, like, she can't be around other dogs, I don't know how I'm gonna handle this, and then after class, I just started crying to the trainer, because I was, like, I don't know what to do. I think part of it is, like, you grew up, and your dogs were either social, so they got to go places, or they weren't social, right. and they stayed at home. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a, 
we take our I also just inappropriately that... behaved dogs, quote unquote, inappropriately behaved yeah. dogs out in public, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, when I was 10, I used to be able to bike around my neighborhood with my dog off leash in Northeast yeah. Minneapolis. Like my dad let me take the dog off leash mm-hmm. places. So like 20 years ago, I do think that we had a different experience with mm-hmm. dogs. I think our gen, my generation and below has changed the way that we handle dogs. Yeah. And I think that it is for the worst. Mm-hmm. In, we are more educated to a, a, a dis, yes, thank you to our dogs. You know, like we know too much. Everybody yeah. in the TikTok comments, that dog is stressed. Yeah, showing signs of stress. Yes, <laughs> and it's like I'm so glad that you know that information, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is that bad information to know? No. Is knowing it by deep, you know, just knowing it is that wrong? No. It's good that you know that. But your application of that information yep. is the problem. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the the original part, part of the conversation where it's like working through stress is part of life. Like we deal with stress on a daily basis. Humans deal with stress on a daily basis. And if you really think about animals and how they're wired, stress is more prevalent in an animal's life. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they are better built to handle stress than we are. Like, if you think about, yeah. especially, like, a wild animal, like, imagine what a wild animal deals with in their day-to-day. Like, think of the all the times that you accidentally almost run over a squirrel, right? right. Like, that's yep. an ad- adrenaline rush for that animal. Yep. And that is their norm. Yep. Mm-hmm. They are built to process stress better than we are. Yeah. And dogs, I think we we get into kind of a gray area with dogs because we have domesticated them so far mm-hmm. into almost being... Um, debilitated sometimes I think by stress Mm -hmm. like we've over domesticated dogs to a degree and but I I think that we have we have taken all that information that we know and we're like great this is good information to know which this is the other thing that you know now we're wrapping back around to the force free community but the people who are very Mm anti-tool and they talk about like how bad those tools are right 30 years ago we were shooting dogs with shotguns to tell them they did the wrong thing because we didn't have tools available to like we weren't killing them but we were severely injuring them to tell them they did the wrong thing because we didn't have the tools available to us to do that humanely Mm -hmm. so yes we we had a lot of room for improvement but what we're doing right now is nothing like what we were doing back then Mm -hmm. and so why am I on this rant? But I don't know, to be Shooting dogs. We're shooting dogs. But like cut that part out. (laughs) No, that's (laughs) it's valid. But like that's where that like Karen Pryor, who is known for Mm -hmm. being the person who brought clicker training and and positive Mm -hmm. reinforcement into dog training. Her like book, her main book is Don't Shoot the Dog. Mm -hmm. And back in the day when I first read that, back in the day, like ten years ago, not ten years ago, seven years ago, eight, maybe eight. When I got that book, I was like, don't shoot the dog. That's a funny title. And I just moved on. And then I was like, nowadays, I know, because I talked to the guys who did that back 20-some years ago. Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, before we had these fancy Garmin training collars, we would just shoot them. I mean, dogs either behaved or they didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. there were severe consequences if they didn't. So, like, I'm glad we've come. That's what I was trying to say. I'm glad we've kind of come around to, like, hey, let's uh, not shoot dogs, Mm -hmm. maybe. Let's, like, give dogs a little bit more leeway. And, like, let's treat dogs like individuals. Let's, you know, maybe maybe add a little bit more into that. Mm -hmm. 
but we've kind of overdone it now because we're too educated. And I think everybody kind of goes through this phase. I think all dog people, dog, people who are going to be passionate about dog training, Mm -hmm. whether that means you're going to stay a dog owner that is just very training focused or if you're going to become a professional dog trainer, there's a, there is a, a curve of, you know, all the information, all of a sudden your eyes are open and you're like, I'm speaking a language that nobody else understands. And you just see all those stress signals. You're like, holy shit, lip lick, whale eye. Look at that little tense facial muscle. And you can all of a sudden you can read shit you could never read before. Mm -hmm. I was there seven years ago where all of a sudden every video I saw online of kids and dogs and dogs and dogs. And I was like, Oh my god, that poor dog is so stressed and nobody's paying attention. And now I'm like, hey, listen, dogs are stressed. They throw stress signals just like I throw stress signals. I throw stress signals at my boyfriend who I love dearly, but I throw bit I throw signals at him where I'm like, not into it today. Right now in this moment, don't want to have this conversation. Does that mean that in general, overall, I'm in a horrible situation? No. But right now, I don't want to be having this conversation. Or I, you know, whatever. I'm distracted. And I don't want to hear what you have to say. But overall, I am not unhappy and uncomfortable. And also within the threat or like the realm of our our relationship, I can be uncomfortable and still trust and love you. Yeah. And so stress signals, we pay attention to them. And when I'm working a dog and I'm looking at them, I am not ignoring stress signals. I'm making note of them. But at this point, we are not at a point where we need to change anything. Mm -hmm. It is normal for me to see stress signals at this phase in a dog's training. If I see them later down the road, where it's like, okay, most dogs progress past this at this point, and you're not, we need to change things. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's like, yeah, dude, I'm making you do hard shit. Mm -hmm. Of course you're going to look at me like, I don't really like you right now. I'm like, yeah, not, I don't blame you. I'm making you do hard shit right now. Mm -hmm. But it is okay. Growth happens in stress. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I am right now. I don't don't know that either. (laughs) And, I mean, I would say, like, taking from, like, all the schooling and stuff that I've had... The places, especially in, like, grad school, the places where I've learned the best and, like, the most impactful lessons that I made were the most stressful, terrifying mm-hmm. ones where I usually yeah, cried yeah. during or after. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, so, it's this concept that dogs cannot learn. It's like, no, they can. Yeah. You do need to be aware. You need to be mindful. You need to give them space to learn. Mm-hmm. You can't just throw them in the deep end right away, mm-hmm. but you can't shy away from that stress right. either. Yeah. And, too, I think, like, being reasonable with it. Like, something I love about, like, your group training is, like, Archer today. Mm -hmm. His training was stressful. He had a lot of stress because we showed him um, a new picture, a new environment. And then for our last session, we showed him the next step or something completely different that we hadn't practiced before. It was a hard day for him. He had a hard time. Um, But we kept it short. Yep. Like, Super duper duper short, which I think also is something people don't realize. Like, yeah. if it's going to be super str- stressful, like, the dogs do get rewards in that, like, yeah. we're going to make it end as fast as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like. You got to get it. Yeah. Ten bucks. If I go home tomorrow and I try to do the 
sit out of motion. Yes, I was like, I don't know what the fancy shit's in word for it is. <laughs> um, the sit out of motion. Hell no. Ten bucks. One st super stressful. Him trying to put the pieces together and the picture together and being really sad about it, really stressed about it. Ten bucks tomorrow. He'll I'll be it. able to do it or like. I'll need to show him that picture broken down once or twice before, before he's like, oh, yep. this is the picture. Right. And he'll be solid. Yep. yep. Versus if I lured it and shaped it and did all that, right. we'd get it done. Right. But it would take us significantly longer. Yep. And for him, going through that stress, like... Going back to the car, he was like, okay, I'm done, and happy yep. bouncy self. Yep. It's not like he was shut down and no. sad, right. Right. like, long-term. Like, no. Did, was he like, oh, God, thank God we're done, and, like, zoomed to his kennel? Yep. Yeah. Yep. But then as soon as he got there, like, it was snuggles and wiggles and, yep. like, back to being his happy self. Yeah. And then he was excited to come back out. Yeah. Too. Right. Yeah. It's not like he was, like, sitting in his kennel, like, I don't want to come yeah. out. Well, and I've even had dogs that do that. Yeah. You know, I've had, like, there was one time Valley, Nicole's dog, we, I don't remember why exactly, but we were struggling with the leash that day, so we were like, let's just throw the, you know, let's just throw e-collar and you handle the leash and I'm going to be back here. I don't even remember what the context was, but it was new and it was hard and it wasn't something she had never experienced before like e-collar wise she had experienced e-collars before she had experienced that pressure before but it was just too much new information and mm -hmm. also the the challenge of being held accountable like you do need to figure this out that on her third one she didn't want to come out and I was like get her out we'll show her that it is okay yeah we'll just show her again look you know how to do this we can do this Mm -hmm. We are here together, figuring this out together. And I think that's the piece. There are definitely trainers that, that don't treat dogs that way. But people have a, there's like buzzwords or buzz images, buzz training techniques that people just get like reactive on. Mm -hmm. And so they see similar things happen and they're like, you must immediately be, which I understand because I've been like that. Like if somebody says alpha, <laughs> I'm very like, you are this kind of person and I put you in this box and I don't, I have feelings about people like that. And it's like, well, that person maybe isn't in that box and they just didn't know there was another way to describe that. Yeah. Right? Like the only word they knew was alpha and that's what they said. So they see that type of training they see a prong collar they see a e-collar and they immediately like put me in a box with mm. people that train this certain way and it's like you don't understand like how deeply I love every single dog that I hold a leash for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when I'm like I put them through stuff that's hard but every single time I show compassion to that dog yeah. And I'm not, I'm not coming into it, I'm not using prongs and e-collars because I want to be, like, so in control and, like, macho, I'm the boss. It's like, bro, I have your best interests at heart. I'm a human being. Also, I'm 31 years old. I'm smarter than you. <laughs> like, I know more shit about life than you do because you are a two-year-old dog. Mm -hmm. And I need to give you as much information as I possibly can to help you be safe and happy 
and successful. Mm-hmm. And I'm not coming into this giving you shit like the dog that we've got right now that we were working on a prong today that was having a hard time with the prong. Like some dogs, that's a lot of fucking information for them. And they get a little jolty about it. I wasn't doing that to him because I wanted to conquer him. He needs to be able to walk. In order for his owner to walk him safely, he needs to know how to walk. And so I had to put him through a little bit. He had to shoulder some of that weight. He had to shoulder, you know, and he doesn't know this. I can't explain that to him. He needs to shoulder some of that weight because his owner can't, right? So he has to go through some hard shit so that long term he can go for a walk in the future. Because the options are you either learn how to walk nicely on this prong collar or you don't get to go for walks because your Mm -hmm. owner physically cannot walk you. But that whole time, while he's having a hard time and he was flipping out, I never once was mad at him. I didn't hold that against him. I didn't have any feelings of like resent towards him. Mm -hmm. I just kept explaining it to him. And in the back of my head, I knew, dude, this is for your benefit. I'm doing this for you because I care about you. I'm doing this for you because long term, you're going to be happier. You don't know that. I cannot explain that to you because we don't even speak the same language. I just can only show you. Mm -hmm. Rep after rep after rep that you will be safe when you understand. Let me help you understand. So there's a difference between coming in and just like, I need to conquer this dog and let me come into this like understanding the dog is going to have a hard time but I am doing it with love behind my my behavior Mm -hmm. and that I think people can't wrap their head around because the way that they love dogs is just so different than the way that I love dogs but I love dogs and like dude I want to be able to take you places and feel safe Mm -hmm. and I want you to feel safe and we can't go places until we learn how to communicate Mm -hmm. You have to listen to me. Mm-hmm. In the same way that, like, if I was a mother and my child was running into the street, I would run up behind them and snatch their arm, and that mm-hmm. would maybe physically harm them and maybe emotionally scare them. But in that moment, it's like you physically cannot do that. You are not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. I am an adult, and I understand that if you run into the road, you could literally die. I think when people haven't had experience with dogs that their consequences are extremely high of what would happen if they were left to their own devices, Mm -hmm. they can't picture that. They can't imagine. Mm Because I have a dog, like Amos. There's literally nothing that dog could do that would be physically damaging to him or to other people. Mm -hmm. Like, he's so aware of what he's doing all the time and who he's around and he can read situations so fucking well. I can't imagine him ever running up to a dog that would harm him. He would never run into the road and get hit by a car. Like, he is so aware of what he's doing. I don't let him just run amok, but if he does get away from me, it's not the end of the world because he's not a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. So, so like, 
when management eventually fails with that dog, it's not going to be earth shattering. But Mm -hmm. I have dogs that when management, not if, but Mm -hmm. when management fails, Mm -hmm. shit's going to really fucking suck. Yup. Someone's going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to end up at the vet. Someone's going to end up in the hospital. It's not good. Or at the very least, someone's going to be really fucking mad at me. (laughs) It's going to be bad. And so I have to maintain a higher expectation of obedience and communication with those dogs because, like, dude, you got to shoulder some of this weight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because left to your own devices, you're going to make shitty decisions. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you right now, for the uh, the better of both of our lives, you cannot. When I say sit, you have to fucking sit. And if you don't, I'm going to make it fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to suck ten times as much if you don't listen when it matters. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, coming back full circle to that super structure, super super structured, super rigid expectation of accountability. It can be kind of weird to, to imagine holding a dog accountable for the behavior, but they can learn that. Mm -hmm. It's not in the same way that we teach humans accountability because with humans, you can give them all the information, right? Right. Like, and you can, they understand concept of guilt and understand morals and you did that wrong and here's why this is wrong. Dogs don't. But it's just that little piece of like, if I said move and you don't move, there's going to be some consequences. Mm-hmm. You do need to move. Yeah. You do need to do the thing that I told you to do. Mm-hmm. And just showing them that picture over mm-hmm. and over and over. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I feel like we've hit the point of like, okay, we have said all the things that we have to say. Yep. How do we... Uh, okay, great, cool, podcast. I feel like that was a good wrap-up. Bringing it back to the point ending. Mm-hmm. Done. I want to go see my puppy now. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. Well, that's that. Thank you again for listening. I hope you have a really good week. And stay tuned for the next episode next Monday. Um, maybe it'll be Kyle. I hope it'll be Kyle. If not, I have some other ideas in the works. But I think he's coming around. He wants to be on it. He's just never been on a podcast before. And he's not as chatty as I am. So we'll see. But I'm hoping that'll be the next episode next Monday. Okay. Love you. Bye.